Welcome to episode number 66, The Heart of the Matter. I'm your host, Damon Soka. Today, I would like to talk frankly about suicide. Now, I'm not a professional doctor, psychologist, or psychiatrist. I have only lived it, and what I say comes from my heart, from my experience, and not from professional training. Now, given our current circumstances of forced social isolation, suicide is really a matter of incredible importance, a matter needing discussion. Many people who have never suffered with depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions now find themselves thinking things that they never thought they would. Isolation brings fear, crazy thoughts, loss of connection, loss of happiness that we find with others, and even a loss for life itself. Now, suicide has a negative aura surrounding it. In our culture and church traditions, to speak of it is taboo, and to actually have thoughts of it has become a sin. While I would never want suicide to have a positive connotation, we should not relegate it to the closets of our lives. The truth of the matter is suicidal thoughts are a symptom of a distressed mental and physical state of the body and mind. It is one of the body's reactionary methods for treating increased stress upon body and mind where answers may not be readily available, where the person is unable to remove themselves from the problematic and stressful situation. We should not look at thoughts of suicide as the same as suicide itself, nor should we consider them something we just need to cast out of the mind and body. Suicidal thoughts show us that our body and mental health is under strain and stress, and we need to address it. Meaning, we need to reduce those actions and causes that upset our mind and body. We should treat suicidal thoughts more as symptoms of an illness rather than an outcome that is going to occur if we discuss it. Now, this does not mean that we treat them casually, but it does mean that we understand their origin and why these thoughts occur. Now, when someone has plans and they are obtaining methods, such as pills and guns, and they are isolating themselves or participating in very risky behavior, then it is time to intervene, as they need immediate help. However, my discussion today will not be about this side of suicidal thoughts and actions. Now, I realize that discussing suicidal thoughts with a loved one does not bring a comforting feeling to anyone in the conversation. Discussing suicide is not thought of as something we do outside of a psychologist in a therapy session. We have a tendency to hide our thoughts and feelings, especially when suicide or other types of self-harm are involved. Now, I believe that we do this to spare others and to avoid others thinking ill of us, or worse, bringing some controls into our lives that would only increase our level of stress. We really don't want others thinking that at any moment we might just walk away from life. We don't want others thinking that we're crazy or unable to control our thoughts, emotions, mental health, or in general our lives. I think that this is a function of the media culture and training by previous generations. Speaking of suicide has been portrayed as someone who needs a mental institution, who needs help right away, that somehow they need to be watched 24-7 to make sure that they don't harm themselves. Now, while it is true that a few individuals do need help and some hospitalization, they make up a very small population that actually has thoughts of suicide. Now, some estimates place the thoughts of suicide above the 50% mark for the population, as far as who has ever thought of taking their life in any one moment of their existence. It is actually not uncommon for anyone to have suicidal thoughts in a moment of deep stress, anxiety, 
depression, sadness, or grief. And they don't have to be the kind of, I'm going to shoot myself flavor of self-harm. Those thoughts can range from the simple, I can't wait for the resurrection, to I wish I could be with my grandparent, who recently died, to wish, to I wish that I could just go to the other side of the veil, to the idea of peaceful feelings and death, to actual suicidal thoughts and planning. Understanding that during extreme emotional moments, we may all want to be somewhere else. That they also that may also be true for chronic pain and for other types of physical and mental limitations. Sometimes the other side of the veil can look pretty good compared to our current moment in time. This doesn't mean that we have come to the point that we have overcome our desire for life. We simply desire to be somewhere else where the stress can't reach us. Now, at some time, we have probably all felt this way. I doubt that many of us have ever expressed it, except for maybe as a humorous trope. We rarely speak of death, much less that we are thinking about it. I believe both social customs and church traditions press upon us so that we hide those thoughts deep within our conscious. Now, I realize that we're not going to go around and talk to everyone about our thoughts of suicide. And a passing thought now and then about suicide doesn't generally rise to the level of speaking about it. But if our thoughts are often leaning towards suicide in a real manner, then it's time to talk about it. The question is, why? Why would we talk about it? Especially considering the negative response we are likely to receive. Talking about our feelings of despair, grief, loss, even isolation can help us work through our difficult emotional states. It can help us find answers to our problems. Sometimes it simply eases the emotions. Now, I doubt that walking up to someone and saying, I've been thinking about suicide is going to provide for a very productive discussion. Most people recoil when they hear those words, unless they are prepared to hear them. We have such negative association with suicide and death that we as a society quickly jump to the worst case scenario. So how do you talk about suicide without the other person leaping right to, you need to go to the mental hospital? First, you're really going to have to pick the right person. The right person is one who is understanding of mental health issues and can listen with the correct intent if given a proper introduction to the subject. Now, this person will have a tendency to be a listener and one who can empathize with your emotional state. Remember that many people do have these types of emotions. And with the right preparation and discussion framework, one can actually have a very good discussion. The right person is the first place to start. The second thing one should do is prepare the person for the discussion. Many people do not know how to discuss mental illness, much less suicide. There are good websites for this, and I am going to go through a basic outline here, but understand that it's basic, and the discussion needs to vary to the person, and I am certainly not a professional. The first thing you should do when picking a person who understands mental illness is to direct the conversation towards mental illness topics, saying such things as, I want to discuss some difficult feelings I've been having recently, or I would like to talk to you about some of my thoughts and some symptoms of stress I've been feeling, are probably pretty good starting places. Prepare them for the topic and help them understand where you are as far as those feelings are concerned. For instance, describe what you have been feeling besides the thoughts of suicide. Tell them specifically where you are as far as planning anything. For instance, I've been having some difficult thoughts lately coming to my mind. Now, I want you to know that I have no intention of acting on them. 
but I feel it important to discuss them with you. Ask them to listen and to understand that if things worsen, you're going to tell them. Discuss your thoughts and then why you think you are having those thoughts. What stresses are in your life? What are you trying to do to help yourself? Explain to them that you feel that the thoughts are a symptom of the stress and that if you can do better or treat better the stress and isolation and depression and other concerns, that the thoughts are likely to go away. Now, even though I've helped you with a a few phrases, you need to be truthful about where you are concerning the thoughts. If you need more professional help, then then you need it and should accept it. We often cannot see or view ourselves and how far we have traveled down the path of suicide. If your thoughts are serious, then you need to seek help from therapists and doctors who can ease the problems with medications and other aids until things return to a more normal state. Now, the person you are discussing it with, they may ask you questions about how long you've been thinking about suicide and the things you are doing, things that you are doing are working to help. They may also ask you to discuss it again with them more regularly. They are likely to ask you to get help with the problem, with doctors and therapists if you aren't, and what I call the therapist I call brain trainers. It doesn't hurt anything to see professionals and get some help. Depending on where you are with your stress levels and symptoms, the professionals are likely to offer some additional aids to help you with the, dis- with the stress and other difficult emotional moments. Now that you've talked about suicide, once you have talked about suicide, you are likely to feel some better. And though something has, although something is lifted from your heart and your mind, talking about symptoms such as this can be beneficial in many ways to the process. Bottling them up and storing them away is rarely a good option. We often need help from others, and we should not think that we must tackle mental illness symptoms all on our own. Although talking might be the hardest thing for you to do if you're having symptoms and you may not talk much it is always the right thing to do now on the other side of the coin the odds are that people who are having suicidal thoughts even ones that don't lead to suicide are unlikely to talk about them for the most part these thoughts come out of the depression anxiety and grief and when someone isn't within that realm of existence Talking is not going to be the first thing on their mind. It is more likely that a friend, a family member, spouse, leader, might notice changes and behaviors and differences and begin the discussion. What do you do when you see those signs of depression? And even maybe you need to discuss suicidal thoughts? The first thing I would say say is don't underestimate your impressions. If a person you know well suffers with mental illness in any serious degree, I can tell you truthfully they have thought of suicide. It comes with the territory of mental illness. If you feel as though they are having such thoughts, then you should talk to them about it. Understand that they may not want to open up at first because of fear that you might judge them, fear of any repercussions. And generally, when you have in depression and anxiety moments, really, you don't desire to talk to anyone. Also understand that talking about suicide does not cause it. In fact, it can help someone who needs to talk and may need some more professional help and advice. The second important factor is to discuss it as a symptom of mental illness and discuss mental illness like you would any other illness. Understand that mental illness, though, changes realities for the person who is suffering and they are unlikely to see the changes in themselves. 
It can be important to start with the changes you have seen and remain empathetic and understanding of what is happening to them and what they are seeing. It can be helpful to talk about any experiences you might have had under times of extreme stress or if you've had experiences with mental illness to talk about your own experiences. Help them to understand that you do understand or will understand what they tell you. Naturally, you're going to have to listen to the person. And when I say listen, I mean really listen to what they are trying to tell you. Repeating sometimes what they have said in a different way to make sure you fully understand what they are trying to communicate. The symptoms of mental illness can be very difficult to describe and even harder to communicate in words. Words don't ever really feel as though they communicate our feelings effectively. At least, they never did for me and still don't many times you will really have to listen to them. Don't recoil when they use words that describe suicide and self-harm. Help them to understand that these types of feelings and desires are actually symptoms of the illness. And with some help, they actually can eventually go away, along with all the other difficult feelings. Giving hope is incredibly important. Ask pertinent questions about what they are feeling, what types of things they are doing in their lives, both to ease the burdens of the illness and to maintain a good, healthy mental state. Don't be afraid to directly ask about suicide and those of self-harm, including any plans that might have been made. I know that if you are close to the person, what they might say may even be shocking to you, but understand that it is the illness, not the person talking, and help them to see it as an illness and not their own personality or persona. If you are a church leader, friend, family, really anyone, and both of you are members of the church, understand that with feelings of anxiety and depression come serious feelings of guilt and worthlessness. Again, these are symptoms of the illness, not something they have done wrong, and often they need to know and understand this. At times, these feelings will take them away from the church activity because it is far more difficult to go to a place where you should feel peace and only feel guilt than it is to stay away from those places. Even helping them to see the guilt and worthlessness as symptoms rather than real can be difficult because those feelings are their reality. Help them to see that continuing to go to church as often as they can, continuing to attend activities as often as they can, reading scriptures and other spiritual things is helpful even if they don't feel it. Help them to see that guilt is not related to sin but to chemistry in the body. Now sometimes... Individuals will remove themselves from church activity and in so doing will commit some serious sins. This will add to their burden of guilt and desires to remove themselves farther from church activity, helping them to understand that the Lord fully understands the reasons why, the illness, the guilt, the problems, and the reason for the sin, and that He is very merciful and desires to have them back into activity is important. They are going to feel as though God does not care for them, sometimes that he does not even exist, and even if he does exist, they are not worthy to be around him. Of course, all of those things are not true, but understand why a person might say this is important, and helping them to see that God really does care for them, even when they may see, even when they may seem to be listening is important, when they seem not to be listening is important. Most people suffer from anxiety and depression may not appear as though they are listening to you. 
They may even state that they don't believe your words are important to them. Let them know that God loves them intimately, that he understands what they are passing through, and that he is willing to help them. Even if they appear not to believe you, your words are heard, and they will think on them. They need that kind of support and foundation, because that is one of the things that depression and anxiety takes away from them. Understand that you might feel uncomfortable during the discussion about suicide, especially when it comes to the actual topic that is natural and a common feeling brought about by our culture and traditions. It's just fine when you feel uncomfortable, and even when the person suffering feels uncomfortable talking about it, and that is probably good to mention to them. Let them know that it is okay to feel a little uncomfortable talking about suicide, that it is natural to our culture and church traditions, but that it is incredibly important to talk openly about what we are feeling as best as we can communicate it. Now, once you've finished the discussion, let them know you're grateful that they have opened up to you and discuss ways that they might obtain the help they need and how you can help. Most individuals with long-term mental illness are going to need help from professionals, and often they need help making and keeping appointments, not because they don't want to be out of depression or anxiety, but because they just don't have the desires or are too anxious to make and keep these appointments. Helping them by even making an appointment and driving them to it and being with them is one of the most helpful things you probably can do. Now, I'm not talking about forcing them. I'm talking about encouraging them to get help and allowing them choice and then supporting them with their choices, even though they may seem hesitant. Persons with mental illness rarely understand how much they have changed because of the changes come on slowly and they become a new reality. When my wife first felt the symptoms of postpartum depression, I had to help her with the appointments and seeing a doctor. She didn't understand how deeply she had become depressed. Once she received the help she needed and the body began to make positive changes, she told me that she did not fully understand how much her emotions had changed. Now, I have heard this same thing from many people who have received treatment. Now, the best thing we can do for anyone suffering is to believe them and to help them get the support they need. Now, I hope that the discussion on the topic has helped you today. And if you know someone who is suffering or someone who needs help, or even someone who needs help with the discussion, you can have them listen to this podcast. You can talk to them as we've discussed. You can... Ha- have them seek out help. In the end, keep up the fight and the Lord will do his part. We'll talk to you next week.